0: everyone? My name is Joshua, and I am blessed to have my amazing wife today, Jessica Lynn, join the broadcast. So, I did a broadcast yesterday and went through some of the headlines realizing that they were really old, and of course, I just ended up going on a rant. So, it wasn't a real true headliners episode like today's going to be. And then the last one we did together, it's actually been one of the most popular podcasts I've ever done. I think people like you, but they couldn't see your face. So today we found a new way to be able to do this on camera. That's more fun. Now, anything that we talk about today, we'll make sure to put in the notes. And what I do is embed the links inside of a transcript in the description of the episode. So you can look for all that because I went through all my heat. We don't have Keep today, so we decided to do something else. What is that?
1: We're going to go for a bump. Yeah. And I'm really good at that. Yeah. So fast.
0: She's the ninja. I actually put Keep on her phone so she can participate. There's got to be a better way. Oh, I guess you can do all that in post-editing or you know, after it's done, but just because it's exhausting.
1: Real quick. Okay. Wells Fargo fines $3.7 for auto mortgage loan violations.
2: What does that mean to you?
1: What does it mean, or what does it probably mean that we don't even realize? Right off the bat, I'm guessing it means that a bunch of people are going to lose their cars because they don't actually have a loan because whatever Wells Fargo did. So they're losing their cars. And I'm sure a home thing will happen with this too, because Wells Fargo is so huge that people might have that happen with their
0: houses. Okay, so we didn't really lead into all of this. So we're going to start, but I want you to say what this is again. So, this, ladies and gentlemen, is Headliners. I want to one more time introduce my wife, Jessica Len. She is the co founder, well, along with myself, of the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation. We have a nonprofit media organization and we are really, I love what we get to do. Now we have a private side that we do. We do individual work, which you can see at joshuatberglin.com, but together we run the Live Mana Worldwide Foundation and you can find out more about our mission there at livemana.org, I'm sorry, livemanaworldwide.org and this is, we're really passionate about our mission, and I won't go into all of that together, but I do want to encourage you to check that out because one of the things that we love working together, and even though we have our individual projects, the main thing is our mission. And we, the reason I'm bringing this up and making a point to talk about Live Mana right now is that there are a lot of people out of work. There's a lot of people right now that are going, I actually... A few people say, i quit my job. Another person is not able to work that I've been talking to. And people are looking for a place to go, but they don't know where to go because the industry has changed. Their industry has changed. And not to, to be the dead horse, so to speak, but media is the future. And so if you're one of those people that are looking to make a change, you're feeling unsettled in your life and don't know where to go, Please reach out to us because we have a non—we have a new media training that would be a huge benefit to you. Because everyone we know that's taken it and is using what we taught is starting to really see the importance of being able to utilize media. And guess what—you don't need to be rich to access and utilize the media. We we have been proven that over the last few years. So anyway, all right. So back to Wells
2: Fargo.
1: And can I just say? Go- yeah on the whole companies are not doing all that hot right now so then if they're not making a profit then they can't pay people to do the jobs that people love to do which also means they're not going to be able to pay people more competitive wages Mm -hmm. raises all those things I would guess that pretty soon, if not already, people are gonna have a hard time getting a job doing what they would normally choose to do.
0: That reminds me, I was looking at So my favorite form is Reddit because whatever curiosity, whatever clause, it's just, there's a subreddit for it. It's like people talk about Google. I think Reddit may be the greatest Google ever because you find subcategories of things. And of course it's not, it's like it, these subcategories speak for the world, but you can see the basically what it is. It's a revealing of what people really think, because most people hide their identity and one of the things that I've been seeing a lot, especially in the work reform category, people are saying, okay, offering a job, imagine this in this job that you agree to take, you're going to get paid a 40 hour of work wage but you're expected to work an extra hour at no cost. In other words, they will a day, an extra hour a day. A free hour a day is what this employer is requiring. So to give you an idea, if you start work at nine, you have to be there at 8.30 or you're late. But that first 30 minutes, you're not on the clock, but you need to be there at 8.30. And when it closes at five, just give you an example, You can't leave until five thirty.
1: Okay, so what are they doing with your time?
0: I don't know the answer to that, but that's one of the. All I'm saying is that's one of the things that I've seen floating around, and of they're posting the job postings. This is like when an Indeed, these are businesses that are saying this is what you're expected to do if you if you get hired. So it's not just that people are not getting paid what they're worth or the jobs are harder to come by or the people are not qualified for the jobs that are available the people that are hiring are expecting you to give bonus
1: so they're really undervaluing your time
0: money everything sanity, everything
1: you're the you have no value anymore which robots right for- Robots have way more value to businesses than humans do, because they do more, cost less? come in early and not complain about it daily, not complain about it.
0: I don't think they complain at all. They may go, I need more oil in my joints." I don't know enough about how robots are built. Do they actually use oil or not? But yeah, you're right. But The thing is the way that the corporate structure has been set up and of course I'm not, this is like a five hour rant. So I'm not going to go into that, but the system has been set up. It's been rigged against people all along. It's like, I make a great salary, but what do you have to do to get that salary? Like at what price do you pay? Like you're getting paid to work full time, but are you. Like, are you working when you get home? Are you, like, what is expected of you? And to me, it sounds like a higher priced slave. And I'm not saying that to be insensitive, but that's what this feels like. And then for all the people that lost their jobs because they wanted to make it, they make their own decision with their body and then people were fired, like important people. So yeah, this whole thing is rough. Without going too far into this, because I can I get on this for an hour, too. but it, it's a sign of the times technology. So many people were excited about their new jobs and those new jobs they got have already gone away. And as uncomfortable as this is to say, a lot of y'all were building your replacements and you didn't even know it. And those replacements are robots, technology, AI. It's,
1: don't quit a job until you have a job. They didn't quit their employees till they had new employees. Yeah. Not to mention the student loans that all those years that people went to school do these jobs that they can't do anymore.
0: I wanna ask you about that. Yeah. How do you feel about the student loan thing? I didn't I don't have student loans because I had scholarships and I partied with those scholarships and because I didn't want to go to school. But I had scholarships, so I went and I went to some fun universities. But that's why i guess People don't go to college for fun, they go to learn.
1: College for fun and to
0: learn? (laughs) I can't do one or the other. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) I went to school. The first one I went to, I went and I've fallen to win it and then party school. So I had a lot of fun. And then A few years later, went back to finish my degree at a technical college. Got done. That.
0: I'm taking Google classes now. I wish that I don't. Not that everyone can learn that way, but the way that Google teaches their courses makes it so easy to learn because it's. The way the information, it, you have the video, audio and the visual all kind of built in. So it has a great way of delivering the information all at the same time. And then when you need to stop and rewind, because if you heard something or misheard something, you can rewind and go back, or you can read in the transcript. I love having all that. That helps me so much.
2: It,
1: that's it's a good point to bring up about how you do everything you do on the back end, having video, oh. Word, audio, all of them, not just a podcast with sound, but to, except for our last one, but that was wonderful. But to, to have all of the ways that people hear and digest information and learn, it's important.
0: Yeah, and also, From a business standpoint, distributing your content to all the various mediums and the different platforms, it makes sense. Now, with Media Company in a Box and what I run with my own, I'm utilizing all of those different things to distribute away from the platform to bring people back. So I'm utilizing audio in the various forms that I distribute it as, well, it's promotion. And it's a weird thing for me because I'm, it used to be weird. I think that this is where things are going now where, look, I, the subjects I talk about on this, on my broadcast, in my in my rants, it's like they don't sound like a guy that's focused on business and media and all of that, but really I am because I know that's the thing is media allows me. To discuss the things that I personally feel led to speak about, it doesn't mean that it makes everybody happy and it fits in anyone else's box. Me, it's a it, it, this is awesome. It's freedom for me because not only am I an expert in the future of media, and yes, I am, um, but I also I'm very passionate about broadcasting. I love this. We didn't prepare for this. I didn't even know we were broadcasting. I was in the middle of. A, taking a Google course and I was doing some editing for a project. And then you came down and said that's broadcast. What are we going to talk about? And then nothing. So here we are. That's, but I love this, but this is also an expression, an authentic expression of myself. And believe it or not, I'm not coding right now. I'm not editing. I'm not doing any of that. But because of the way that my personal business is structured and even our foundation, this is work. Because just the fact that we're on camera and behind a microphone talking and talking about business, now all of a sudden these are lead, ma- lead magnets, at least if the person doesn't think, who's this psychopath, <laughs> And that's a whole other conversation. But the future is set up for creators. If you've been one of those people in your life that are a forerunner, a visionary where you're way ahead of everyone else. Like what you're a seer. And so you've already started marching in that direction before most people have woken up to figure out like what the heck is going on with their own lives. Like you're way ahead of the game. You're like that, I'm like that. And so the best part about this for the first time in my life is that for the last three years we've been together, that forerunning we've done in anticipation of
2: what was coming, we're finally seeing. Which is a lesson about visions. Do you know what that is?
1: I'd love to hear it. What you think it is.
2: It's been three years since we started getting those
0: visions. We met on we met in person on Valentine's Day of March or of February 2020. And but we had talked for a few months before then. But the visions that we had when we first started talking, and the visions that have come to a sense—it's taken three years for us to start to see that come together. So that's a lesson for you. Can
1: I cannot, do yes. you know What's yes. crazy is my education, experience, and degree is not media. It's not digital. Like Josh, what can you tell anyone, I am not very tech savvy naturally, and. You don't really need to be, you got you. you're so smart, you can find whatever application you need to do whatever it is you need to do. It's just magical. So before I met Joshua is when I just got this, this switch turned on that I was going to quit my career in education and start my own business in, in multimedia. So, boom, there we are. And now here we are. It just, when you have a vision, if you just go straight for it and put your blinders up and earplugs in, look where you end up.
0: And it's really hard to be a forerunner and be in the middle of a cesspool of distractions because it is extremely lonely when you're ahead of the game. Like when you're ahead of everybody else, and those of you who are forerunners can relate to this. Those of you who don't, you're like, what are you talking about? Move on. Fair enough. But what I'm really proud of is that when we slowly started to break away from social media, or at least relying on social media to be the vehicle that promoted what we were doing, and we were focusing on media only, media first, utilizing the media to grow what we're doing in which we knew eventually would be the independent media organization, both for individuals and even super small teams. So it's taken three years for that to come to to light. And the lesson is that just because you get a vision doesn't mean it's going to happen today, but at the same time, like you get to be patient with it. Things are not going to happen immediately once you have that vision, but you have that vision for a reason. i believe that it's god showing you what's possible for your life Mm -hmm. not to mock you not to tease you but this is what's for you if you choose the path that he created you to be on i want to to ask you about god in the brain okay okay. this is this has been happening quite a bit lately where her and i are reading each other's thoughts which is terrifying sometimes Mm -hmm. but So a while back, I did an episode about the Paideal, I'm sorry, the Garden of Eden being the brain, and that, it wasn't like a new for sure, but this has been months ago since Ryan's year has been on the program, and then I spoke to what I would consider my, I don't know how to describe him. He's a brother, he's a, somebody I know growing up in the church, and he is a historian of the Bible. He knows every version ever written inside and out. And so when I pitched this idea to him that the brain was the Garden of Eden, he goes, and that the brain is, I'm sorry, the the hell and paradise are right next to each other. And so we started, well, is that your brain? Is is heaven and hell in your brain? And this whole conversation. And he said, this is a biblical scholar. He said, not only is it, Likely it's no, not you, not only is it possible, it's more than likely that's true that it's both a physical place in the world and also in our brain. So, this has just opened up a lot of doors, a lot of questions. I don't, when I first got the download, it was reading Genesis, so it was in the Bible, so it wasn't like I was reading, my or some conspiracy novel, it was God that said, that dropped this in my head. And when I went to research, I found supporting evidence. Yes, I found things to contradict it, but you can do that with anything. So since then, my faith has radically changed. It's become more bold, but yet it's also separated myself away from religion completely, even followers of Jesus, even followers of Christ, even Christians, even Jesus lovers, all those names, it's separated. Not that I don't relate. It's that my faith has really become my own. And that's what's really changed to where now I don't care what people think. I'm just trusting the spirit inside me. I'm trusting God to direct me. And then when I am wrong or I am doing something that's not right, I'm expecting to be corrected. And I have experienced that since I've had this. So it wasn't like I just cut Jesus off or God off or anything like that. Now you've had a different experience in this journey because you have your own relationship with God. We have a relationship with God as a family and husband and wife and as friends but you have your own relationship with God, you have your own style of prayer, your own way that you communicate, and your relationship with God is inspiring. So I'd love to hear from you what this God brain God that's been for
1: you. So it's still a a theory and testy, and however it seems to to fit quite nicely. Joshua brought up to me uh, the thought God being in our brain. And I started just diving into it. And if you listen to the Bible with the thought of God being in your brain, it sounds so very different. And that is a whole other thing. It's like listening to a completely different story. But I also, I've wondered, About Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit, how they that were taught that they're the same, just God, His Spirit, and Jesus, in the man form of God. But then the Bible also says that when the end of the world comes, that nobody will know, not even the son. Which has always stuck with me. If they're the same person, then why wouldn't The sun no. That doesn't make any sense. And nobody else seemed to really be bothered by this. But it it just put that in the back of my mind. And then when you think about the story of Jesus, you think about, and this makes people really mad when I bring this up. But when you think about God sending himself in man form to be brutally murdered in front of a bunch of people, it just doesn't relate to me. It never has, it hasn't resonated. I get it in the spirit of what other people believe. I understand where they're coming from. Just For me, it just doesn't sit right. But if you think of it as in Jesus, Like us, a man who realized that God's inside of him, realized how to access God, realized the truth of all truth, and the government didn't like him, the church didn't like him, because he was saying something different than what they were saying. This feels a lot like that, because the way it all looks, sounds, tastes, Thinking about God being in here, it's quite empowering and exciting to see what kind of magic is going to come and keep coming.
0: Does it not make you want to take care of yourself more? Oh,
1: yeah. It, mm.
0: I look at all these fat, out of shape, and I look, I've been fat. I've been 300 pounds. Cocaine made me obese. And it's not... Yeah, it shut down my system and it was like, I wouldn't eat for three days. And then when I would eat, it would be dumb. Mm-hmm. My cheese would be a binge and binge. And that's not good for you. I got up to 300 pounds. But it. But I think I see all these out of shape, overweight preachers who say the Bible is the literal word of God. There's I got multiple problems with just that and that arena altogether. Because it can't be the literal word of God, and if it was the literal word of God, you're gluttony, uh, you should be ashamed of
2: yourself. Not
0: teaching it, it's
3: to take care of so,
0: because, And so religion didn't make me want to be good to myself. In fact, religion made me want to beat the crap out of myself. It made me want to shame myself. And it's easy to go, quit sinning. Okay. I pre- I can appreciate that, but you can try all you want to fit into that sinless little bubble, and you're not going to do it because you're going to sin, and you're going to be
2: judged for it, no matter what, no matter what you do, and like that's okay, and and I understand that because we're all trying to we're in that system of wanting to be a
0: Christian and wanting to follow our religion, I understand all of that. However, there's something about a religious mindset that takes God out of ourselves, being made in his image, we replace that and put God up high as he should be, because God is in everything, he is our creator, but by not recognizing that he is inside of us, that Christ dwells in us, that we are a walking example, potentially, of Christ's love, of God's love, the example that he left, why people should follow Jesus in the first place. And whether he was real or not, the fact is what he came here to teach is the path to enlightenment, your higher self, kingdom of heaven, and it's called a lot of different things in all the different religions. So I appreciate that. But the only way that you can truly access the kingdom of heaven is the understanding that it is not only inside of you, it is outside of you and everywhere else. But if you don't claim and accept the fact that he is inside of you, then everywhere externally you look, they precede you, as it says in the Bible. And if you really wanna know what Jesus felt, you should read the Gospel of Thomas, because you know what? If Jesus didn't say that, I would be shocked. It would be shocked. And just because some group of men decided that that book does not belong in the Bible, that ain't my problem at all. Because when you, it, like, the information's there and it's available for you. And why would we just take man's word for it that? these other books are okay and right, but these aren't. Someone made that decision for you when you weren't even alive yet, you
1: know? It's like they've been gaslighting us, and indoctrinating us to believe it the way they want. I read one that, it's, I think I was researching narcissism, but it, it's an answer it needs a lot of explanation to help you understand it as truth, then there's a chance it's a bunch of baloney. And if you think of God in your head before you make any decision, I guarantee you're gonna make different decisions than you would think about God being somewhere far away, up in heaven, like he might hear you, he might not, but just wait for him. No, he's right, if he's right here, and I'm saying it because this is still a fairly new theory, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's close, if not right on. But I keep right here, if you're about to go have sex with somebody's husband and you think of God being in your brain, watching you do this, you're gonna think of it differently. Also sinning, sinning is a whole new thing. Sinning and grace, knowing that God is right here and you eating a bunch of garbage him knowing that you're going to feel like crap for the next 12 hours and you're not going to be able to focus enough and feel enough to be able to be guided that makes more sense now because he's going to give you grace because he gave you the choice to make these decisions he's not like choosing to physically stop your body but he gives you grace. Sinning, it kind of takes on a whole new meaning of not this awful thing with horrible consequences from God if you choose to do it. It's like, okay, if you choose to go do that and the consequence of death, like you you chose that. And he gives you grace, but he can only give you so much grace if you're going to kill yourself. He gave
0: you that choice and your grace. Yeah. You eventually drown out the spirit's prompting of what is right and wrong. Like you were mentioning the cheating thing or like going off and having, I remember in my previous relationships where I lied about my sexuality and then I, and I would like, and then I would work really hard to not be what I now know as me. And That wrestling match that I had internally, do I cheat, do I not cheat? I mean, now I'm gonna sneak around and now I gotta hide that I'm doing this. Now I gotta hide that I have these desires. By doing that, really all it did was stimulate so much more negative energy that I think it really fed my desire for drugs and sex, for cheating, for all of that. And it just buried me in that. And then when you're having to lie on top of a lie, to cover a lie, and you're so afraid of the truth that eventually you're so miserable that all you can do is exaggerate. All you can do is exaggerate more. Silly camera.
1: Down.
0: There we go. Ah, I
2: forgot to lock it. But all we can do is... Oh, because when we feel like
0: crap, lying doesn't feel good, but eventually get used to it. Eating junk food doesn't feel good, but eventually you get used to it. So you just get accustomed to shoving more crap in your throat, down your throat, that'll make you feel better. Alcohol, drugs, sex, food, all of it.
1: And it's all a distraction.
0: And it's all a distraction.
1: Him in here.
0: Right. So... When you have all the lies and the resentment and the chemicals and the drugs, you're not gonna feel close to God. You can't even hear God. You can't even feeling because you got all the negative stuff. But there's something really powerful about truth. And here's what I mean. And I've said this example a lot, but now it's a new way to bring it up. You can think something's true and you can live your life believing that's true. And I believe that God allows us to do that. When we believe it for ourselves that it's true, I'm not talking about taking someone else's opinion and applying it to your life and doing that. But you get really honest about what you want in life, what your goals are, what you want from God. You know what I started telling God? I started praying, asking God that he would bring me the right guy. Oh. Because, no, I, because i I, this is my conversation, this is how I got to this place where I'm like, I don't care what people say about me, I don't care if he's a Jesus-loving, but he's, he's, he likes dudes too, and here's the thing, that's my truth that I get to say, does it mean that I go out and sleep with a bunch of guys? No, it doesn't mean that, because God's in my brain.
1: Leave them with all them men too, and
0: that's what I, that's what I think about, you're fixing the camera, thank yeah, because
1: you. It drives me.
0: Okay, so I started, I got tired of the yo-yo, and so here was the yo-yo, give my life to the Lord, and then I would, I white knuckled it where I'm not gonna be this way, I'm not gonna be this way, I'm not gonna be this way, which all just triggers and makes it worse. But I finally got to a place of, this is me. Like, I've been off drugs long enough, I know who I am, I know what my heart and my brain thinks it wants, so I have to walk this out. And so then walking it out comes, it's strange, uncomfortable to walk out truth. And we talked about this a little bit in the car. Like it's com- uncomfortable at first to go, is this really true? Because then you start to worry about, oh my God, if people at the church found out, if my mom found out, what am I going to do? What if people are going to judge me. People are going to say this. This is going to hurt my business. So then the first instinct when you have that fear of rejection and criticism and judgment is typically most people go, yeah, it ain't worth it. And then they just go back. And they deny themselves what they want. Now, some people say, well, that's resisting sin. Yeah, but how long you gonna? what you resist persists? So...
1: Ooh, that was good. I've never heard of that.
0: But it's true. What you resist persists. So I had to get to this place of... I'm tired of the yo-yo because the yo-yo is not good for my mental. I want it. Now I feel shame. Now I don't, but really deep inside I do. And it was hard for me to wrap my head around. I've got to be honest and truthful and know and be certain about everything I want in every aspect of my life and walk that out. And at any point, if I God convicts me, then I got to go, you know what? I was wrong about this. I get to move on, but you can't get to that place with God until you're honest. And that means God, I want an open relationship. I want to be able to be with a man too. I want the right man. I don't want to sleep around because it's obvious. I don't want to sin against my body. I don't want to sin against God. Oh yeah. I really had this prayer. God, if I'm wrong about what I read and what I've studied, and the research I did about what the Bible alterations, the different words that were put in, if I'm wrong, please convict me because I don't want to lead anyone astray. Because I love you and I've committed my life to serving the Lord. I did, but part of that commitment was being honest. And if you can't be honest with God, He already knows anyway. You might as well be honest because He's here. He can read
1: your mind. He can read. So you, you really want to make him happy? that so we does all the things for you, stop thinking all that bad stuff and just start living uh, your truth.
0: And then if it's wrong, if right you'll be corrected.
1: Thing, if it's wrong, you're gonna feel it and you're gonna know he knows you're thinking that, you're gonna go the other way, try that up.
0: And it all, it all starts with truth, period. And it doesn't mean, again, yeah, I said, I prayed to God, Open relationship, great to have a guy, to meet the right guy, because that is part of me. And I'm tired of denying that part of me and acting like it doesn't exist. So I got honest with him. But here's what's happened. Not only has my urge and my cravings, and I'll let her speak to this about the mental health because I don't want to, I would actually rather you hear from her, but there's no more yo-yo. In fact, because I'm not doing this give and take with myself where I'm like, where I'm feeling good, I'm confident, I'm in this place that I want to be. And that place that I want to be is I'm open, where it's attracted to both. And I don't shame myself. I don't do any of that. My life works better. But when I start to deny myself and shut myself down and say, no, this is wrong, this isn't right, then things go bad. But the other thing I've noticed with this truth in knowing what I really want. I also know that I don't wanna be a dirty bore like I used to be. And I also know that I don't just wanna be with anybody just to get my rocks up. And that the stronghold, the pull, the obsession, the funks that I would get in because I'm fighting myself and I'm trying to shut it down, all that's gone. And now I just get to be me, so I want you to talk about this from your perspective. Cause you live with me. We've with three years ago, three years we've been together and you've seen my switches, you've seen the cycle that I was in that just it was like the same one all the time. It was the same pattern. I'd like for you to speak from your
2: perspective and you can speak as freely as you want. Not that you wouldn't anyway, but, uh, uh-huh. I mean,
1: it was a big change today when you openly told me that you were struggling with the desire to just say, screw it, and go get your rocks off. Again, that's not something that a wife typically hears from her husband and is okay with. Hearing from her husband, and we've evolved from you told me right off the bat what your attractions were. Mm -hmm. We've discussed things in depth that we have evolved as people together throughout this whole process. And I think the fact that we're not supposed to hold attachments to anything in the world, not people not items, nothing belongs to us. Because God has his hands on everyone and we don't need to worry about anything more than that. It's been a big change with you. You used to go through a lot of cycles that were hard. It was hard for both of us because you'd get the creative energy going, And all of a sudden, you'd get this passionate force behind it, but you felt that it was wrong because that's what the Bible says. That's what the church says. So you would try to shut it down, and then it would rise back up, and it it was really hard. And the fact that today you could casually in the car tell me you were struggling with Something so specific was amazing. And it's also because we have really grown and communicated what each one of us is okay with, isn't okay with, will tolerate, won't tolerate. We're very much aligned with what we believe God or would approve of and not approve of. And it's not just on a whim. We've done a lot of research, a lot of thought, a lot of conversations with people from all walks of life, and it's all naturally seeming to fall into place, and it feels right, it feels good, and I'm really proud of you.
2: Thank you. just so I'm going to address what you were talking about. I've come
0: to peace with who I am and won't apologize for it. And I'm not even, I'm really going to work on now, not even trying to explain it because that's justifying.
2: I don't need to do that because I'm not here to please anybody other than the Lord. And of course, I want to please my wife. I've come to a place where,
0: so I was a, I was, I was a chem sex addict. I mean, it was, I was, I couldn't get enough drugs or sex. And so my behaviors and my patterns and my rituals that fed into all of that, those are all habits because it was for over 20, almost 20 years of doing that. And then I took a lot of time off where it's like where I just had to wrestle with myself and fight it because I'm not going to act on it because I'm going to be punished by God and I'm going to lose all my blessings and I'm not going to do what God created me to do because I'm bisexual and stupid camera bump. You
2: said it. No,
0: I got it right. Okay. Those of you who are listening on the podcast, the camera decided to move again because I talk with my hands. Anyway, and I forgot to lock it because I wasn't prepared for this broadcast. Anyway, so, I, there was a, this place of coming to acceptance. And when I had to, get came to acceptance, the thing that came to it was also, was, yeah, this is great that this is okay, but, yeah, there's still soul ties. You're still sinning against your body. So this, that meant for me you still get to keep your sexual energy under control. And you, of course, there's sort of metaphysical stuff to that, (laughs) and that's a whole, I think, I don't know if we're gonna have time to go into that part of it. But, so I still had work to do, which was not trying to stimulate or aggravate the desires that would cause me to sit against my body, Sin against my wife, sin against God, and every and everything else. To go about it the way I used to do it, which was habitual, was not the right way. And any step in that direction is not the right way because it's leading to just being a. I don't can't think of the analogy, but none of it's serving God, none of it's honoring my body, none of it's honoring the spirit inside of me. None of it's honoring my wife. In fact, if anything, it was all selfish.
1: Whoever else is involving themselves in your shenanigans, because they clearly have their own things going on, because that's not a healthy lifestyle, not healthy choice-making, and nobody's using their God brain. Nobody's putting their God brain on in front of their own brain.
0: No, no one's putting putting their God brain on and then going
2: on a sex app and saying, it just it doesn't work that way." It's not right. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're you. That's
0: playing God when you at that point. You're right, but my tendency is because where we're at is like, okay. If God wants this to happen, if God is like going to say, I'm going to bless this lifestyle decision, whatever. God's going to orchestrate it and it's going to happen. But if I go outside of that and try to make it happen on my own, now
2: I'm not using my God brain. Oh my gosh. It's okay. So, the the point of that is that I still
0: have my desires that I have. And I want to act on them. And then, and there's this part because my wife has accepted the other side of me. That's like, it's like kids getting out on recess. It's like, oh, it's time to play. But the difference is, like, there's a, is this love? Or is this selfish, lust, greed, just trying to get my rocks off? Or is it love? Because love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't envy, love is not jealous. So any of these behaviors that fall over here that doesn't fall into the love category, then that can't be of God because God is love. And so it's a very odd feeling. I use the analogy, and I don't know if this is a good one, but the lifestyle that I've chosen and we've chosen and accepted is almost like being in a bathtub full of cocaine and not touching any of it. Use your own imagination. Anyway, do you have any other stories? Let's move on. That was fun. <laughs> that was not that a good segue. I didn't know we were broadcasting, so now we're eating. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Billion or long. mortgage loan violations. Oh, and that goes along with not only what I already said, but the banking system going to crap. Because they want to kill all banks so that they can have one centralized banking system, correct? Yeah. So it goes along, to everybody lose their car, probably lose their homes, any other the as loans they have. The bank goes down, government comes in to save the day. These free electric Uber cars for a while until they integrate their new way of selling us on all of this. And then when people don't have homes, they're gonna have, they're buying all the buildings downtown now that have gone out of business. And they're going to, all those displaced families in those buildings to save the day. And then it turns into the- Smart Cities. There you go.
0: I'm impressed. I didn't teach her all that either.
1: No. You learned
0: that on your own.
1: It's here. It's really hard to ignore now because all these headlines are just
3: insane.
2: I'm so happy that you know about smart cities and you figured it out on your own because
0: I've been talking about this for so long and people just look at me like, what are you talking about? And you figured it out on your
1: own. And it helps that we've worked with different organizations who are planning out their own smart city for people to go to instead of the ones that are going to be presented to us.
0: I don't know if you guys out there that are watching or listening,
2: seeing multi-billion, it could be a trillion dollar project that's in Saudi
0: Arabia, that really long, high-rise city where everything is. I don't know how to describe it, but there's another, there's another one in Florida there's another one they're talking about in California, which I have no idea where they would put that in California, but there's not exactly that much land.
1: The, this too, that goes with the California part of destroying people's lands so that they can come in and pick things up is magnitude 6.4 like rocks, Northern California, leaving tens of thousands without power.
0: That's San Francisco. Oh, well, something else to pay attention to is the volcano. <laughs> In Hawaii, Because it's snowing in Hawaii right now. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. When I lived there, I saw snow on the mountain once, but it was like nothing. This is real snow. And supposedly, and I can't, I don't know if this is true. I haven't studied weather to understand how it works. And why would I? Because the weathermen of Minnesota Weather people in Minnesota are wrong every day, wrong every like, Why would I study the weather? Because I, I think they're manipulating the weather at this point.
1: People are the same as any, or the weather people are the same as any news person. They're giving the information to tell us, and it's broadcasted over the networks that have tons of money so that they make sure that we all hear them. It's true, so
2: I
0: the I it this the next few days weather wise could be really interesting just from that volcano from the massive s- storm front that's covering the United States. Like,
1: oh,
0: the, it's just
1: thought, the whole like
0: right before Christmas. Stop. It seems very strange, but I've also learned that there's Patents for frequency engineered hurricanes. There's sound derived hurricanes, meaning they can use sound to stimulate What's the
2: warfare? Yep.
0: warfare?
1: Which has back in the day they did that. Part. Yep. And it's not supposed to be able to happen
0: anymore. But it clearly
1: is. Like,
0: why would somebody stop using something that has worked for them as a great defense? So, who's gonna hold anybody accountable? Yeah,
1: we're
2: just stuck. Okay, that's the other thing, too. To go back and you can find another story, but sitting around waiting
0: on someone to come save you those of you waiting on Q to come save the day, those of you even waiting for Jesus to come save you, you're missing the point. You're missing it. The kingdom of heaven is inside of you, available at any time. You can be in prison and access it. You can be anywhere and access. it. You don't need to be in heaven to access the kingdom of heaven. And sitting around and waiting, we learn this. We learn this the hard way of just sitting back and waiting. Yes, we were in service and yes, we were taking action, but we weren't going out and claiming what we own. We weren't claiming, we weren't, we weren't just accepting what we were. What am I trying to say? Like we were blocking ourselves off from blessings because it's almost like we were rejecting the blessings In waiting for God's bigger blessing,
1: we didn't want to do it ourselves.
0: We didn't want to do it ourselves.
1: God to do it because that's what church and the Bible tells you to do.
0: Not all. Some do, but that's when they we were being taught. All that was a big part of it, and that affected me because I believed that hey, we just I'm just going to serve. That's all I'm going to do. God's going to provide.
1: It really put a huge like in between us for a while too.
0: Yeah, she thought I was like sabotaging.
1: At one point I was speculating whether you were trafficking me because we were talking to trafficking survivors, some trafficking con people. We were in that world and here I am with him who was like refusing to take payment for anything. And I'm like, the rent is due. you got to charge money. Stop helping people for free because I'm pretty sure half these people are just using you. And we can't help anyone if we can't help ourselves, which is going to happen soon. But God, just in time, flickered that little light in bulk of our heads and came on.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: There's it's more co-creating with God than mm-hmm. I ever gave it credit for, but it goes back to being God in your brain. Parents used to try to control and make me behave by saying, God's watching you. But I'm looking at it like...
1: Yeah, is he up there? He might not see this.
0: (laughs) But if God's in your brain and I'm looking at smut, guess who else is looking at smut? Uh, if I'm being a jerk to my...
1: It's like doing it in front of your dad or your mom.
0: That's embarrassing. I talked about my mom one time. That was awful. Oof. Oh, it was an awful experience. But it yeah, you talk about shame. And so then you go, if that's the case, if God's with me, maybe I shouldn't just go hook up with that person because... If I know that God's inside of them, too, but are we equally yoked? Because if God wants us to become one, I would think that he would want to become one with somebody that's equally yoked. Because then if you're going to take on someone else's DNA, a little bit of their soul ties, it gets complicated. And it's a lot easier to say no That, when you know that God's sitting here, it makes me want to be less of a pervert or less of a, like, just a slut.
1: You can't get away with the things that other people don't see when you know where he is, especially when you already value God as the most important thing in your life.
0: And he is.
1: Yes. So, this is terrifying. (laughs) Oh, these just, happy uh, stories in the news. It, and I started reading it because it's so terrifying.
0: Can't read the whole article.
1: The death penalty of child welfare. In six months, some parents lose their children forever. And the pit, small print under there. 25 years ago, Congress passed a law aimed at speeding up adoptions for children languishing in foster care. In the process, it destroyed hundreds of thousands of families through the termination
2: of parental rights. So, in socialism, the government owns your kids. Well, I so,
3: think that's what their
1: social security numbers are. We have just really, I can't even find more how this article works, but I started reading and it basically was talking about how these parents didn't even get like, a laughed, hurrah, goodbye, nothing. And the kid had diabetes and her blood sugar goes up and down and then it's just gone.
0: This ties into CPS. It ties into civil commitment. It ties into the foster care system. All this stuff is so intertwined. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. There's... I don't know how to say this more clearly, but the only chance that people have for true freedom—and I'm when I say that—like there's, I believe, there's spiritual freedom. No one can take away.
2: Oh, all right. <laughs> That's, great. That's a much much more efficient way than last time. But people can put
0: you in prison they can beat the crap out of you oh, and they can then, do a lot of things
1: like the shadow too yeah yeah so, remember, yeah
0: but no one like i i believe that when you have a relationship with god i don't believe that people can really take your freedom from it. and i believe that there's always a solution and always an answer when you are aligned with god so no matter what situation you're in I believe there is something positive and awesome that can come out of it, no matter how badly the situation is perceived to be. My experience is a lot of things that I perceive to be good and great weren't so much, but overlooking, looking back at my life, all of the amazing things have come from shit. Like it was just born out of some kind of tragedy, failure, mistake. All been that. So it's like life, we've talked about this before, but life is a paradox. There's to live, you have to die. You have to die to yourself to truly live. And one of the greatest ways to kill yourself is start telling the truth because then you got nowhere to hide. That's the one thing about me is like you you can read in between the lines of some of the things that we're saying, even though we're being pretty clear. But there's still room for the imagination. I realize that. Because there needs to be. Like you can assume whatever you want. The arrangement of how her and I work together to find a way to for both of us to heal, to get to a place that we are strong, independent, aligned with God, independent but yet a powerful couple. We found our way. Well,
1: and it's based on
0: love. It is based on love
1: love god is inside of us and to love each other we have to accept the fact that we are not the same person no nope. and we maybe we were meant to be together maybe if we aligned at the right time but regardless like god's number one and we get to do this journey together. So if we're going to go full force in and see what God's got for us at the end, then we get to accept each other's differences and the differences in our walks and the mistakes and the growth and just for what it is while loving each other through it.
0: You're the first relationship I've ever been in. That I didn't beg God to bring back after a fight. I've never once begged God to bring you back to me, like when we had disagreements and fights in the three, three over three years now, or whatever my mouth sucks. Three years, like it's coming on three years. And what I mean by that, all my other relationships, I was so codependent, so scared, so afraid, so everything. And of course, those relationships were all disaster. But they were dishonest, they were abusive, they were nasty relationships. With you, it's been... One, I don't want to lose you. I want to lose you less. But we came into our relationship as two... Look, we've grown and healed a lot. But we were strong people coming in together. And there were issues we healed that we could only really do with each other. But that is, I, it was, it's just been amazing because I've been able to surrender you to God every time. And I'm, that's scary because it's like, I know how awesome my life is with you. And I know how much better everything, even for me individually as a person, like all of my hopes and dreams and desires and like the things that I want to do on my own, you've made better. And the thought of surrendering you to God, because when you truly surrender to God, you're truly surrendering whatever it is. It could be addiction. It could be hate. It could be lack of forgiveness. It could be insecurity. It could be a relationship. It could be whatever. But... When you say, I surrender this to you, take it from me. If this no longer serves me, if this person no longer belongs in my life, remove them now.
1: And you know what that also can be seen as? Is not react. Because we aren't supposed to react situations. We're supposed to let God handle the situations they come out the way they're supposed to because we just get in the way unless we have our god brain on first and we're listening to our god brain instead of our own brain if we're listening to ourselves our own mind we're gonna cry we're gonna scream we're gonna be scared we're gonna force where are you god where are you in circles and we're going to do all these things. We're going to lash out at people. We're going to be annoyed by the situation. But if you put your God brain on first, you're going to go, oh, shoot. That's me. I'm annoyed. That's not God. That's my issue. I can't work
0: on. Oh, here's another thing too. The mental warfare that people talk about that mental warfare has a lot harder time sticking around when you understand that God's in your brain. Now, the enemy can live up there, too, depending on what you're feeding it.
1: If you let it.
0: If you let it. But when you you wrap your head around that God is in you, and he's not going anywhere with you, all making. of those warfare's and attacks, you understand then not only do you have the authority to Remove it. Like it, it's not as complicated as we make it to be. No. Yeah. You and then the choices you want to make, and the other part that I've noticed since I've just started the, I'm really accepting this. I God's everywhere. God is also in my brain. God is with me, and the reason why I could address and I could feel, I could sense the pattern that was starting to sneak up. I had a test yesterday on something that normally would throw me off and cause me to switch or go down some other path. This today, when I was having this this urge that I haven't had in a long time, in the way that I was having, I was able to recognize,
2: this is not what you really want. This is your impatient, self. A lack of discipline, egotistical,
0: yeah, is- habit, habitual, like that, you're just giving in to the old self, the old man, the person you used to be, that's what he would do. And so as I started to realize this, I also started to realize that I needed to talk to my wife enough because If I get in my head, and I don't know if you all are like this, but once I'm in my head, I can get lost for days and not come out. But when I get lost there, it's because I'm wrestling with something. I'm wrestling with doubt. I'm wrestling with insecurity. I'm wrestling with shame or guilt or the fact that I may go do something really bad. So when I'm lost up here, all bets are off.
1: And when you're lost up there, you know you're lost because you are not able to separate your brain away from God's brain.
2: There's something to that. And I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm a metaphysicist and
0: I know. I... there's just more going on than what we've been told and for anyone to pretend that they have all the answers is disingenuous and that's a lie from the devil in itself. We are seeking answers and I want to make this clear. If I have, if the last five broadcasts I've done have not scared off the Christian and believer audience, <laughs> I don't know if this conversation
2: did it. I don't know. I don't know at this point i know this the audience is growing but i don't know
0: i don't know what people's perceptions are because i for a long time went by shock jock evangelist and i was preaching like giving broadcast out of the bible i don't want to say preaching because i'm not really a preacher never really was I'm an evangelist by nature because I know what God has done for me, and that hasn't changed. I have a lot of questions, but I'm also a very curious person. I ask questions about everything. I don't trust things just because I'm told, and no one should.
1: I don't either. You don't you either. No, it drives. It drives. Me nuts. Yeah,
0: because like, you trust me. I'm honest. I'm gonna... You're, why are you up?
1: So I have to ask about twenty-five million questions so I can see it from my own perspective and not just from his perspective. And I it drives
0: me It can drive crazy. me yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I wanna know it so that I can believe it.
0: Yeah, and I wanna to know too. I wanna to know. Look, it's and it's so weird. And I need to be very transparent about this. I talked about it a little bit yesterday on the broadcast I did, but Like when I, my life changed and I had a supernatural experience with what I have no, it was obviously the Holy Spirit and it could be the great spirit. It could be like, I don't know what the actual name is. I honestly don't know how to tell the difference sometimes because the gifting that the Holy Spirit has given me or that the Spirit's given me or again, whatever you want to call it, I had before I accepted Jesus. So. The supernatural experience I had, I don't know what that is. And it's the only thing I can think of because I cried out to Jesus. I cried out to God. I said, take my
2: life. It's no longer my own. I surrender. This camera. Next time I'm turning it off. Okay. I'll oh, be more prepared. The. out uh, Cried out to but, Jesus. But out to Jesus. Out to- so here's the thing like i'm pretty sure that god knows
0: his name and knows that you're talking to him whether he's in your brain or not the thing i can't figure out is when they say there's power in the name of jesus the letter j wasn't invented until the 1600s so is it more appropriate to say there's power in the name of yeshua or is this a marketing gimmick like the image of jesus why people believe jesus is white which is
2: Really cute to because he's in the Middle East and they don't have a bunch of okay, but-
0: okay, no, it doesn't matter at all. But it is that was a marketing decision. The Pope they decided, I forgot that guy's name, Christos or something like that. The Pope, the image of Jesus that most of us know, is actually the son of a Pope. And if you know about how the way the original followers of Jesus, when they met Constantine and the Bible was released. That story happened right there, the deal that was brokered. A deal was brokered. When a deal is brokered in religion, I'm sorry, but that's when you lose the God part of it. The Catholic, the Roman Empire.
1: Up the God part for the man
0: That's exactly what it is, because Constantine, he was a pagan. The Catholic Church...
1: What's the definition of a pagan?
0: The the pagan... Look it up so I don't bastardize the definition. What's the definition of a
1: pagan? Pagan, especially in historical contexts person, holding religious beliefs often than those of the meaning are
2: or recognized
0: for Okay. So they worshipped a lot of symbols. There's a lot of, not symbols, what do you call them? They had a lot of false, quote-unquote, false idols. And there's some that believe that the gods that are worshipped were, they got turned into the apostles. But that's another conversation. Some believe the apostles are actually the planets. There's a lot of belief, but the pagan religions, Christmas is a pagan religion. I don't care what anyone says. Jesus was not born. Jesus was not born on December 25th. That's just not true. But yet we still celebrate Christmas like it's Jesus' birthday and whatever. That's confusing. Easter is a pagan holiday. It is not Christian. All this stuff, the Catholic Church changed, like the Sabbath. So what's the point of all this? Man has had his hands and the shaping of the Bible, what was allowed in, and so on. And yet, at the same time, that same Catholic church that released the Bible has changed the Bible multiple times, and that's factual. That's not even an opinion. It's not conspiracy. There's publicly, like you can search on the internet and go to the Vatican's website or look at any of their articles when they decide that they're going to change something. So if it's the Word of God that never changes, then why in the hell, and I'm this literally, why in the hell are people changing God's Word if you're not supposed to change it? It doesn't make sense to me. There's something off. I'm not saying that I'm a Gnostic. I've got to tell you, the Gnostic beliefs and the Emerald Tablets were around thousands of years before the Bible. And a lot of what's in those tablets we find in the Bible. The other thing that we discover is when you read one Enoch. When you read one Enoch, reading one Enoch is like reading a complete Genesis, the book of Genesis, which by the way, has multiple creation stories in it. So here's the thing. Does it make me a scholar? Does it make me know all the answers? All I know is I'm not walking around saying those are factual things because it's easily to prove that it's not factual. So how do you put faith in something that changes? How do you put faith
2: in something that man has obviously altered?
1: I I think to all the different religions, all the different stories, really just big mess mm. to distract us and push people away from each other that's ultimately what they want to do is keep our minds busy so we can't hear God and to push people away from each other because it's going to be harder for us to do good in the world if nobody will speak to anyone and everyone hates everyone. I think there's a very good chance that if you take all the good from all the religions and put it together, that's God. I think that every single person has God in them. Therefore, it makes sense, but there's always hope. Somebody can be saved because God's in them. He's not going to leave. He created them. He's in them. He just needs someone to help them see, hear, start walking a different direction from the path they're on already. If you just, and you know when I was little, I never understand the concept that if a baby wasn't baptized and they died, they would go to hell, that you had to be baptized. My family was Catholic, and I never dove into that. But it never made sense, because why would God create something
3: and then just let it go to hell? because it didn't
2: know better. So... Uh, Keep
1: talking. So, I lost my track. That was
0: very distracting. You are talking about the Catholic Church and babies not being run up. But-
1: Everybody has got in them. This is gonna be a bold statement, but doesn't, I don't believe, matter what your religion is. People are taught what they're taught from the people around them. And I think it's our job to keep seeking God until we can really find Him and it all makes sense and there's no more confusion. Mm-hmm. Because God is not the God. not the God of confusion. And it That's where I'm at.
2: And you know what gets
0: confusing about that? Is when you have creatures saying that God's not the God of confusion, but yet they're arguing with other preachers publicly on YouTube for millions to see over scripture, calling anyone a false prophet. here's the problem with that. I know people, I know porn stars, I know hookers,
2: and I have drug addicts that all that God used to help me. Oh, what's up with that? It's like the whole title time- thing, the whole prophet, we
1: all have all, we have gifts, but if we all got it inside of us, we can probably all access That's a lot true. more than we are told we can that we tell ourselves we can.
2: But and here's another
0: thing. Who cares if Joel Osteen is a greedy multi-millionaire who is taking advantage of his tax write-offs and so on? Here's the facts. If he's doing something illegal, then okay, then he should be punished for it. And uh, I'm pretty sure that God would punish punish him. But, and you people can judge him on his theology or lack of knowledge of the Bible. I know my heart for God and and I don't really know the Bible. And how does anyone really know the Bible when there's multiple versions of it? Do you know every version? Or is it just one version over the other that you know? The fact is this, God is using Joel Osteen to reach people and you're like well, that's the wrong God or that's the wrong Jesus but here's the thing if you not everybody is ready for full gospel not everyone's ready for a lecture over obedience some people need to be fluffed into loving Jesus and, and somebody only has the ears to hear, hear the you know what God has a plan for you and it's and if somebody wouldn't have come up to me and said God has a plan for you and it's better than the life that you're living now Those simple words, and I don't know if that came out of the Bible or not. Doesn't matter. The fact is, somebody said it to me, and it had a huge impact on me. And that impact has allowed me to keep going and keep going until finally God got me right where he wanted me, where he could change my life. God would use anybody.
1: Okay. So prayers make way more sense to me Mm -hmm. now, because if you say, do you want me to pray for you? Okay. So I'm going to go in my head. I'm going to talk to God about you. And maybe God's going to show me how I can help. But just saying on the internet, (laughs) pray for me, no longer makes as much sense. It's more of a shot in the dark, hoping that somebody's going to see it, talk to God and see a way that they can help. Also, when they say to bless your enemy. If you, somebody flicks you off in the parking lot at Kmart and you want to punch them in the face, then you put your God brain on first and you're like, God bless you. Okay, so that, it just doesn't really make sense in general, unless you think of it as planting a seed. So you just put God's name in their brain, just things they don't even know it's doing. So how does God bless us? God fixes us inside Mm. before he can fix us outside because to uh, co-create with him good things we have to have good in our heart. We have to be doing things in a God-like way. So if that guy in the parking lot has God planted in there, needs to be blessed might have to go through some internal work first, but it makes more sense along with praying, knowing what it really, Wow. yeah.
0: This is, there's so many directions we could go. We mm-hmm. keep talking about this. I love doing a broadcast with you. We will definitely do this again. Do you have anything that you want to say before we close?
1: Um... I'm grateful I could go on and on so much so many epiphanies lately that it's exciting but we'll save them they're deep and we could go on and on
2: yeah we're not our love for God has probably never been stronger
0: we have lots of questions we have more questions than we have answers, but I'm pretty confident that's okay because asking questions is how you get answers. And, mm-hmm. and look, I believe that when they say that's why you need the Holy Spirit, when you read the Bible, because they will give you revelation, well, revelation through some of the BS. The Holy Spirit also is there for us anytime. And it is good to feed our minds with truth and things that convict us. Because if our beliefs, and and here's an example, if our beliefs can't stand being challenged, then do you really believe it? And is it really true for you if you can't be challenged in what you know or what you think you know? And so many people get uncomfortable with having what they know questioned because they know it, but then it gets very uncomfortable when someone brings a new idea.
1: Fearful of whatever, fearful of you steering them the wrong way, or fearful that you're insulting God, or fearful, but we're not supposed to fear.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think it's, I don't know if we're gonna really offend God anyway. Um, all right that was fun and uh, thank you all for watching again check out joshuatberglin.com also check out the live mana worldwide foundation you can go to livemanaworldwide.org we have a free media training there that i look it's we've updated it and upgraded it since because there's a new i guess something really new and exciting with the media company in the box but not everybody wanna will go that route, so this new media training is very useful. If you're making a career change, you've lost your job, you know that there's something more for you out there, check out that training. That training is going to open a lot of neuro pathways, a lot of new, you're going to see a lot of new possibilities, and anything that we can do to support you, let us know. And next time we do the front.
2: See you soon.